There are many different power poses people can go to. I still use this today before I get up on stage. And it, as ridiculous as it sounds, uh, before I go and present to a room full of people, I will go into a back room somewhere quiet and I'll stand confidently, arms in the air or arms like a Superman pose and just get myself ready for that moment. I also work on my voice, get it warmed up, get it ready for the presentation, get yourself into that mind. Forget about the little things because 90% of the time, if you make a mistake, people aren't going to notice it and it's okay. Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. We are here with Justin Maxwell, who is going to be speaking with us about how to communicate better and maybe some of those mistakes, pitfalls he may be making with our communication. And his website is maverickcommunications.com.au. And Justin is also a co-author in Pat Masidi's book, The Best Chapter of Your Life. Justin Maxwell, glad to be talking to you. Thank you so much, Robert. Pleasure to be here today. Yeah, and it's great to, to talk to you. And for someone talks about how to communicate better or have better relationships, express yourself, I always feel like it's some, some real simple advice. And I think to myself, like, when I was younger, I cringed so much about how, like, I used to maybe always try to make jokes or always try to one-up someone in a conversation. And it's just so many times just these really simple, basic things that I can and should be doing in a conversation. And I love hearing about this kind of stuff because even though it may seem simple on the surface, there are simple techniques or simple reminders of things that we can and should be doing to communicate. So as far as your area of expertise, what is it about and what has you excited, fired up about it specifically? Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, I think some of the key things that people forget is that when we are communicating with other people, there is two to three ways that which we should be communicating. And there is more than one person in the room. I've heard and seen a lot of people are communicating as if they're the only person in the room. Maybe not they're listening to what the person is, the other person is asking, or just wanting to chime in just for the sake of getting their own voice across. So what we hear and when we do that is we tend to just overrule on the gate or forget what the other person is saying. So back to your question about, or your, sorry, your statement where you're saying, maybe you used to make jokes, you're trying to lighten the mood. That's a form of communication as well. You're trying to get out there. You're trying to let people know, but inside you may be dealing with something as well. So a lot of my viewpoints and the things that I like to look about is how we communicate externally as well as how we communicate internally. What are we actually saying to ourselves all the time? So a big part of my self-talk or self-communication is understanding how we speak to ourselves as well as how we speak to other people. And what I covered off in the chapter with that collaboration book was four sort of distinct areas in which we can communicate to and understanding our audience when we're communicating. Now, in a one-on-one or a one-on-two situation, that can be fairly simple. But in a one-to-many, that's a bit more difficult. But understanding is somebody a direct communicator, do they want to cut out the small talk and get straight to the point of what you're there for? Or do they want the small talk? Do they want to understand what's happening in your life and they want you to ask what's happening in their life? There's different ways to do it. And that's where I'm trying to really focus a lot of my energy and get people doing that. So that's... Those are two aspects right there. There's the internal and the external. And the other part is obviously getting up on stage and doing communication to a wider audience. 
talking about staging, talking about using your voice, how to, how to use a picture tone and a timber just to get your messages across. That's a lot to think about right, right off the bat. And so, yeah, you're making me think about that whole area of the self-talk. There's that. So at some point there was some kind of quote about people, many times you're in a conversation and too many people just listen with the intent to reply instead of the intent to understand. And that was huge for me. And then I thought, okay, every conversation I have does not have to be the most mind-blowing thing. And even many times, even the, the kind of the podcast conversation we're having here, many times I'm just doing my best to digest what the other person is saying. And then I almost in a way like repeat back to them, but reworded. And just like thinking about that idea seems really weird. But then when you're in it, when you're doing it in the present moment, I'm thinking like I'm doing it to help me understand. It's like the words are passing in through me and back out and back. So that way it says, okay, I understood what you're saying. And then here's my reaction to it. And ideally the conversation sort of moves forward in that way of not so much like a one-upmanship, but like a yes and where it just moves along. And then, so then there's the, that aspect of talking to the other person in the way they want to be spoken to, like you said. There is sometimes the small talk or they want to get right to the point. And that for me has been like an adulthood journey of teasing out what you want to say. Or like you were saying about like a stage presentation, don't just blurt out a lot of facts. I have fun with it. Do pausing, keep people guessing, be interesting. So that sounds like a lot of fun. And you and I have seen some, always some great speakers, presenters throughout our lives. And so what do you think we can do to be more like those great speakers or great presenters. Like you say, listen to what someone's saying, but are there easy techniques or easy like kind of jump starts that we can do to go from being average to being really great communicators? I think you, you hit the nail on the head on a couple of points there, particularly about listening with intent, being in that moment, not having that distraction. And you'll see a lot of people having a conversation then something will tick in their head and they'll be like, oh, maybe they left the oven on or they've got to go feed their cat. Those sort of moments when you realize within yourself that you're having one of those, shut the door. Just be back in presence and listen to what I'm saying. You also mentioned about repeating a little bit of what that person has said to you and then you're digesting it and repeating it back. There's a big benefit in that alone, not only just the fact that you're showing that you're listening and you're trying to hear what they're saying, but it's also how you interpret. So re remembering that in the conversation, I've got a message. I'm displaying my message to you through identification. You're enough to understand that. So how your internal body decodes that, you're then going to repeat that back to me in a way that you've understood it. That also gives me the opportunity to say, oh, hang on, maybe I was incorrect in my, my tone or the way I described it, or maybe I didn't describe it with enough detail that Robert understood. Let me reword it. It gives me that opportunity to try and maybe fix a miscommunication early on. So that ability to just pick up one or two things from a conversation, repeat it back to somebody and make sure that you have understood what they're asking. Now that can be very important in the professional working world. Maybe not so much between friends out having a drink at the bar, but in the professional working world, if you're a manager or somebody in a senior position asks you to do something. And you just run off and go and do it and come back and I said, Hey, I've done this thing. And like, but that, that's not what I meant. I actually meant you do this other thing. That is where that miscommunication happened. That's where stress and fundamental issues come between people. So 
if somebody asks you to do something, have the ability to go, okay, I just want to make sure you've asked me to do X, Y, Z. Is this the outcome that you're looking for? And then if they say yay or nay to that, you then have that option to get more clarity rather than just running off and doing something. So that I believe will help out just a very small change in the way we are sitting and listening and actively being involved. That will help out. When you speak about like some of the great speakers that are up on stage and they've got all that charisma and enthusiasm about it, absolutely, you've got to be able to control that audience and a big thing in that. And I'm still working on this every single day is the tone, the timber, the pitch, the volume. Do I whisper down when it's really important? Do we get quiet about things or do we explode when it's super exciting? It's about understanding when to use those afflictions, how to use your voice, how to project. I'm a big hands person. I know I've got a blurred screen, but sometimes my hands move out of place, but I use my hands a lot in conversations and communications when I'm out. And so being able to understand how your voice works and how to project that is also going to help you stay when giving presentations. So that, I hope that's so not your question. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the question was like, like some of the like is easy jumping off points and you've given us a few. And so we're both hand talkers, right? We both do things like this. And I, I used to not be, and I had to learn to be one because again, when you see what you like about those stage speakers, when I would see someone talk, do this and do that, I was like, that's really cool. That gets, that kind of gets me to really pay attention. And then once I learned to do it, it's now it's at the point where it helps me to think as I'm speaking the words, when I do the hands in a certain way, as long as it's not distracting. And so, yeah, so like when you're talking about, you have, basically you have these tools in the toolbox, right? You could be, you could speak slow or fast or shout or whisper. And so you're basically the way I'm digesting to use this term is it's if you're like cooking a meal, you might say now is the time to add the salt, right? Now is the time to sprinkle on some spice. So it seems to be a matter of you have this information to say, and then you have all these different kind of ingredients or spices, and then you it's up to you to see where does it make sense to tweak this or drop this or that in. And that way you can have fun with it. And then there seems to be that issue of the right sizeness, right? Of say like you're in a like a work environment and you have to present on something and you want to speak long enough to have the information so that someone make can understand, but you don't want to go on for two hours because then you'll lose the miss the point, right? People will just get bored because you have too much to say. This is because there's the right sizeness in there. And so there's all these things to think about. And so what would you say is the trick to not overthinking all of this, because we've listed all kinds of things that you could do in a speech. And then I know that when I was younger, I would get so nervous if I had to speak. For some reason, I was better in a group than one-on-one, -on -one, which like that didn't make any sense. But how do you prevent the nerves, the butterflies, the overthinking, all the being in your head, as they say? Like, how do you just do better without overthinking all the 500 different possible factors? Oh. What a great question and such a difficult one to answer in a simple sentence. So I'm going to have to break it into two scenarios. Let's use a classic case. If you're a 15 year old boy and you've seen someone that you like and you want to go and have that conversation and you're a little bit nervous about it. I think everybody can experience going through that. And I use the term boy because, you know, I, I identify as that. So I have to speak from my experience on this one. I'm a classic introvert. 
I, I was very nervous about speaking to people. So for me to get out of that, I really had to almost work myself up, get myself into an excited mood and go and make that approach. And you will have to find that out as you go along. I don't think there is one key factor that can help out with one of those things. But one of the things I always did was, and you'll hear this from any of these great speakers, you get into a power pose for a little bit, you get yourself feeling confident. And there are many different power poses people can go to. And I still use this today before I get up on stage. And it is ridiculous as it sounds. Uh, before I go and present to a room full of people, I will go into a back room somewhere quiet and I'll stand confidently, arms in the air or arms on like a Superman pose and just get myself ready for that moment. I often work on my voice, get it warmed up, get it ready for the presentation. But back to that one-on-one -on -one situation, you've really just got to get yourself into that mind. Forget about the lots of the little things because 90% of the time, if you make a mistake, people aren't going to notice it. And it's okay. It's all right to make mistakes. Be, don't be so pressured on yourself to be perfect every time. And when you do realize you're doing that, work on one thing. Find one thing to figure out what that might be. Most people say, prevent using the word R. And you'll hear in major speakers around the world, they don't use that. But what they do use is a pause. And that pause is their way of saying, and that's not a bad thing. It's just a more impactful way of being able to let your mind catch up with the way you are speaking. So that's one way to have a look at it, particularly when you're trying to speak to one person or many people. And the last thing I can say about speaking to one person is also try to understand what type of person they are. And you're not going to get that in the first 10 minutes, the very first time you meet someone. That's going to take a lot of time, a lot of work, getting to know how to pick up those cues, how to understand what that looks like. And within, as you get better at that, within a few minutes, you'll be able to go up to somebody, hear how they respond to some simple questions. You're like, right, now I know I need to not fluff around, get straight to the point of this. Or, okay, this person's told me a lot about their dog. Maybe I'm going to hone in on that, that information after a little bit later. And so you'll start to work that information in. Now you did mention, I think it was, you, you were speaking about when you were nervous and getting ready and how you could overcome some of those. Again, when you're up on stage and doing these types of talks, don't overthink it. You're going to feel that you're going to get into an actual rhythm and an actual flow on this. You spoke about creating a recipe on that. You can add your own taste. Not everybody likes salt and not everybody likes spices in their food. So you're going to come up with your own flavor, your own taste on how you're going to do that. And then that's going to be your way of presenting. So key takeaways from that, try not to focus on them all at once. If you do realize something, find out what that is and work on one thing. Do one thing at a time and realize what the next thing is. Work on that. And as you progress, you'll start to get those little chips, those little notches in your belt. And you'll have an arsenal of tools by the end of it. So wonderful. I'm loving this cooking analogy that we just thought up <laughs> on the spot. And it's so cool because you, when you cook something, you don't dump all the ingredients in. You don't want to have too much of one or the other. And you maybe create the meal a little bit different each time. Depending on who you're making it for, you might adjust it. And it seems, and also there's no such thing as a perfect cake. There's no such thing as perfect scrambled eggs. It's just what it is at the time. So that's really helpful for us to not overthink these presentations we give. There's nothing is perfect. There's no point in trying to achieve perfection. Just be effective. 
And what I'm getting from what you're saying here is how important it is to just do it, just give that speech, go on that podcast, do that webinar, make that video, knowing that you will be rusty at first. So just like when you started cooking, you weren't that great at it. Maybe you burned the cake at first, but then through the repetitions, it becomes almost automatic. And then when you know your material or your story structure or your anecdotes so well, then that almost becomes subconscious and that frees up your mind to then focus on the person that you're presenting to. And then you can adjust and fine tune. And then that even improves even better because it makes you less nervous about yourself because now you're focusing on how can I adjust this and how can I present to this to the other person. So this is a very optimistic and hopeful way of looking at those of us who may be nervous or maybe underconfident about communicating in person or communicating at work. And so where do you come in as far as what your business is and what you do? And if someone says, I really like what Justin has to say about these communication techniques, his ways that I can improve. If someone said, you've, uh, you've worked up my appetite to keep the recipe analogy going, I'm, I've had the morsel, I've had the snack, now I want the whole meal. How do they find out more about what you do and how do they know if what you provide is a great fit for them? Absolutely. And thanks for that. My key focus really now is focusing in on the business style of communication. The person who's getting to that level where they have to present to, say, an executive board, or they are trying to get up to that level and find out how to articulate better, how to present better, how to stand up on stage and not give the 100-point PowerPoint slide where, you know, it's death by PowerPoint and that, and figuring out what their flavor might be on that one. I'm working a lot on that professional side of things within the working and corporate world. I, that is where I've seen the biggest shortfall in things where people take offense to something that somebody got said and it was, it, there was no ill intent involved. It was just some had miscommunication and that caused that issue. It's about getting those people together to understand what went wrong. How did that happen? Why did you feel that and working in that way? So I'm working in on that one. We are in the process of revamping the website. So the website is actually down at the moment, but it is maverickcommunications.com.au. And we are focusing on the professional side of things right now. Fantastic. Maverickcommunications.com.au. And ideally when the podcast is live and that website will be back up and running. So go ahead, go there or click on it if you see a link below this podcast. And the big takeaway I'm getting from our conversation here, Justin, is that many topics and many things that you need to communicate don't have to be boring. It can be fun. It can be exciting. It can be interesting. Don't just give up and and think about scrambled eggs can be fun and exciting, right? Pizza is what? Just tomatoes and cheese and bread, but combined in the right way can be something that is greater than the sum of its parts. And so this is a really great topic, especially for someone, like you said, who is in that business world, who just knows that something went wrong, but isn't quite sure what went wrong or needs that extra help in making the presentation more engaging and something that actually can be digested and is effective and does what it's supposed to. So maverickcommunications.com.au is the place to go right now. And as people are going over to that website here, Justin, do you have any final parting words of advice? Do you have some advice that 
you wish you'd gotten 15 years ago? Or do you have a number one tip, something that's really lasted with you? What do you have as far as something to really blow us away in this grand finale here? What's a really great piece of advice as far as communicating? I think from that perspective, like you said, is don't overthink it. Really go in and enjoy it. You spoke about the scrambled eggs. You could add chilies, you could add peppers, you could add anything you wanted to that. I, when I was in the States, I mean, they added fried chickens or some scrambled eggs. You could do whatever you like. So you speak about having fun with something, absolutely go out and have fun. My favorite quote comes in and it's, you don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step. So just take that initial step and get going and do it. Martin Luther King Jr. I love that quote. Absolutely. And so as we're thinking about that, go to the website, maverickcommunications.com.au. See what Justin has in store for you on the website. And we will see you there. And thank you, Justin, for showing up and having a blast. Thank you very much for having me, Robert. Have a great afternoon.